Dudes Talk Sports, hosted by Will Thomas and Chad Tujak. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Dudes Talk Sports. I'm your co-host with the most, Will, along with co-host with the most, Chad. Chad, say hello to the people. Chad! Chad! That sounds Chad. perfect to me. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a few things. The recent injury bug that's hit the NFL. Jalen Ramsey's comments about every single QB and day mamas. Uh, I made that last part up. Some camp battles, as well as some fights, some fisticuff battles that have been happening, a la DeAndre Hopkins and Jimmy Ward. So let's get into it. Uh, again, first talking about injuries, one of the biggest ones that has happened thus far, uh, at least as of most recent, Darius Geis. Chad, what do you feel about him going down uh, with his ACL injury? Well, I mean, so Darius Geis blowing on his ACL, as far as uh, for the franchise, it stinks, um, especially since he didn't have a lot of neg- positive things going into the going into the year to say about the team and the team that drafted him. But uh, I think it actually is good for them because it forces them to be more dynamic and really use all of Alex Smith's skill set. I don't think that he has ever had a bruiser in any of the team that he's ever played with. I mean, Garrison, uh, Garrison, oh, Garrison Hurst and Frank, where you could say those are bruisers, but I mean, he's normally like a dink dunk guy. So I think that uh, just really taking advantage of Chris Thompson after his ACL or his knee injury is going to be great. And they'll really evolve without having Darius Geis maybe chip out, you know, 2.3 to 3.0 you know, yards per game. I think the Isaiah Wynn, that's a huge injury, and I, and I think that having Sonny Michelle, just, he just had a uh, knee scope, I think, or some kind of knee procedure to clean out his knee about a month ago. And to have those both those first-round draft picks down, I think that really hurts the Patriots. But I will say that the Patriots had the most offensive line groupings last year of any other team in the NFL, and I think if, if any team could overcome a injury to their offensive line it is the Patriots and Tom Brady with that quick release I think they'll make up for a lot of things they still have Rex Burkhead um, they still have James White so their running back teams and their blocking scheme will be still pretty on point you know who was it I think in practice as Jarek McKinnon has a strained calf on MRI that he's shut down for the rest of the preseason um, Rashad Penny you know he his finger is is had, had surgically repaired on Wednesday so two days ago and he is questionable and doubtful for, for week one. Um, I think Chris Carson is in line to receive most of the shares of, of carries in that backfield. Um, so I, it's, been a, it's been a rough week for, for injuries. And I think like last preseason, we're seeing this pop up now and now. I mean, in your, in your opinion, how important is it for these, for these starters, like per se? I mean, Isaiah Wynn, you know, he was supposed to start and be effective. Uh, mm-hmm. For the Patriots, how important is it for these starters to get this playtime in preseasons game one and two? Uh, I mean, I, I know especially amongst the younger the draft picks that it's insanely important just because you kind of want to get that continuity, uh, that that rapport and chemistry with your your team. But as well as the vets, it's like you you need that that good workout, that greaser to really you know to lubricate your gears before you end up going into the regular season amongst your peers. Um, chemistry is always insanely important. If you can kind of go into, you know, week one of the regular season, knowing what, you know, knowing just the subtle cues and tweaks of everybody who's around you, especially along the offensive line, um, just because you, you really need to know, you know, how, how is the left tackle's kick step? What, you know, how is the positioning and the ability to box someone uh, at left guard and, and vice versa. You need to know the guys on your right and left, um, where they're going to be at, if they're going to have their back, and not just being assignment sure, but just knowing, you know, as a, as a person, another person, another player, you know, what is, you know, the capability on either side of you. Um, so I think that's insanely important. So, okay, um, well, then answer me this. Why didn't Chris Thompson um, play extended carries or play extended uh, games? If he's going to be the starter, he's out, you know. He's sure. Kind of a thing. And then – 
um, hypothetically, whoever is going to fill in for Hunter Henry, does that yeah. person that you need for the entire season, do you need them to play all three weeks of the preseason? I don't think you need to play or have them play all three weeks of the preseason. I, mean, I, Again, say, three, I whole... say three weeks because usually that fourth week, everyone shuts yeah. down. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's pretty much just the, that last week is a, an entire dress up. Everybody dresses up, but maybe you have like five people play. Uh, but I think I don't – with especially someone like Chris Thompson, I know last year he's coming off his broken – I think he had a broken leg. Um, so it's like with stuff like that, you typically don't want to put – all of the miles on their legs in the preseason because you want them to go into the regular season both with chemistry but with semi-fresh legs. Um, I mean, you occasionally you'll have a vet sign like Cedric Benson when he signed with the Packers. Uh, he missed the entire preseason. He came into the regular season with entirely fresh legs, looked quick, looked powerful, uh, and then ended up hurting his foot, I do believe, and he had a list Frank injury. Um, but it, I think that well, I getting mean, was the, it Was it week two last year of the preseason or two years ago that Jordy Nelson – uh, on the yeah. non-contact, in, non-contact. So it could have happened in practice. So that's a bad sure. example. But in general, was it important for him to be out there in preseason week two? I think, man. I mean, that's. I mean, Jordy Nelson. He's a seven-year vet at the time. Yeah. With Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, it's just a senseless injury. Not senseless in the sen- You know, in the in the mm. idea. But did he need to be out there? I mean, you I know, th- Aaron Rodgers was pissed. He's like, yeah. you know, well, you are upset to see somebody play football for no reason. You know, just to get some mm-hmm. reps in and get hurt. How yeah, important is it for them to be like? So, I guess for a, a commanding question, do you think Tyrod Taylor should have played that first week and then again second week? No, yeah, I don't think that. I don't think starters or at least notable starters need to be in consistently um, because every rep that you're getting, if you're playing a live fire game and you're only playing one drive like Rodgers did last night against the Steelers, what is that going to give you? aside from different bodies that you're playing against that, you know, a full month of training camp is going to give you or that, that the full month isn't going to give you. So I think that certain starters, I would just, honestly, I'd put Rodgers in bubble wrap until the regular season. Guys like yeah, him, I mean, Rodgers in bubble wrap, he was out for the entire last yes. season last year. And then you yes. put him up, you know, last night against a, a team that could get to the quarterback. And the other thing is, I mean, so people will argue, I'm sure, he made that great pass, eight-yard pass to Jimmy Graham in the end zone. That's kind of what you wanted to see. You just wanted to exactly. get that chemistry. But how important is the chemistry for a, a quarterback that's coming off multiple collarbone injuries and a tight or pass catcher, tight end wide receiver, however he wants to classify himself, that's coming off of, uh, multiple injuries to his knees as well? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think with other – I mean, Jordy Nelson, he was a notable starter with us. I don't think it is imperative for him – um, to play amongst you know the entirety of the preseason, but I think it's important that he gets live reps against other opponents. Um, but that being said, like you said, I mean that that non-contract injury could have happened anywhere. That could have happened in training camp. That could have happened in you know an actual game, and it did unfortunately happen in an actual game. So I think there's a fine line to walk, and I think this is more goes along with the debate that a lot of uh, NFL vets say that we don't need to have four you know preseason games along with the the fifth uh, Hall of Fame honorary game. Um, I, I just don't I don't see the uh, the purpose of it. I know the purpose is vetting out, you know, younger draft picks, undrafted free agents, di- like veteran depth and all that. I get that. Um, but with, you know, those those starters are precious commodities. So I think there's a fine line in getting vet chemistry going along with all, your entire team as well as seeing what you have. But I don't I don't think that it, it's, it's terribly important to get, you know, 
guys like Rodgers or Brady in there just to kind of get you know a feel for the game. They've been around the longest time, so okay. Well, that, I, so I, I totally. I mean, I I obviously agree with that. But then, so how about Isaiah Wynn, who you know ruptured his Achilles last night? Sure. Uh, was it important for him to play that game? Uh, man, I think with him transitioning to tackle, yeah. I, I think he I mean he was a left guard at the University of Georgia and he was a phenomenal left guard, but if he's playing along the O line, especially if they marked him as a tackle, and I could be wrong, but I know they did mark him as a tackle. Uh, I mean, he's an undersized tackle, he's transitioning to different, you know, different footwork. He, there's a lot of little other subtleties that go along. Even if you're just going from left guard to right guard, you're mirroring and you're just flipping your technique, which takes time. And so I think with him yeah, I, I think it, it's imperative that he kind of gets those reps, and, and unfortunately, he just had the luck of the draw of you know getting the getting an Achilles injury. Um, it wasn't I don't think anything where anybody fell into it, but it's just I mean I, with him, I think yes, uh, I absolutely think that those reps are imperative in him getting the uh, getting the confidence going moving forward, especially being on the outside of the O line. Yeah, so I, I totally agree. I mean, if we see what uh, he was able to do for Jake Fromm, for Chubb, and for Michelle the last yeah. year. I mean, he was going to be a huge addition to that to that line, and I think that it was important for him to just transition because Patriots, I think, notoriously have one of the most difficult offenses to adjust to. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you. It was important for him to start, and it's just sad to see these rookies go down like this. I mean, Geis is a, that's a humongous hit for the Skins, um, you know, in these first rounders too. I mean, it's just it's kind of rough. Deion Kane for the Colts, who was kind of a standout in camp, they needed someone to step in and just be a really good wide receiver there because all they had was T.Y. Hilton. Um, yeah, I think they what they said what they're saying in camp is that Deion Kane's kind of like a poor man's Dante Moncrief, but he's healthy all the time. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, <laughs> the kiss of death. <laughs> and now here we are. Yeah, no, I think it's. I mean, preseason is going to be. It's always fun to vet out and see what depth you have. That's why I always end up watching, and that's the important thing that coaches kind of key in on during the preseason. But some of these uh, these older vets, I don't think it's it's imperative. But I mean, to go along more along or to go along with the injuries, you had you know important ones like Darius Guys, you have Isaiah Win, you have Ross Cockrell, the DB for the Panthers, who was signed. Um, I know it was it was more of the under radar signing, but he went down early in the se- or the off season. Hunter Henry, and then the backup tight end to Hunter Hen- or Hunter Henry with the Chargers, which is leading to talks of getting Antonio Gates out of retirement. You had Jake Ryan, obviously the inside linebacker for the Packers. Deion Kane, Jeremy Cash, backer for the Cardinals. A lot of ACLs, unfortunately, this year, and a few Achilles, uh, along with Jason Brett as well as Isaiah Wynn. So it's unfortunate. So it's always going to be. You know, a talk of how much preseason or how much preseason is too much preseason, and obviously the players are usually going to coincide uh, or align themselves with, hey, we should cut some of these reps down. Just kind of like you said, it's not too imperative, but it is imperative. So with that, those that's really injury talk. Well, speaking of imperative and what's not imperative, Matt Stafford's wife seems to think (laughs) that Jalen Ramsey is not imperative and not important. She says that uh, GQ doing a spread on Jalen Ramsey was a complete waste of time and space. Do you agree with Miss Stafford? Well, I think that Jalen Ramsey pretty much (laughs) said the same thing about every other QB in the entire league. Dude, unpopular opinion, I think Joe Flacco sucks too. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Please, Please argue with me about it, but I think he's terrible, and I think that... I think that we were kind of all, we all needed something like this. I needed this from the NFL, from an NFL player, because it's been for how many years has, you know, the sheriff and Tom Brady been like, oh, you know, Peyton Manning, he, he plays one hell of a game. And yeah. Ben Roethlisberger's, oh, man, you respect Tom Brady. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger asked for a signed jersey for jersey swap like two years ago from Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's like, well, you can have mine. I don't need yours. Yeah, so, no, I, uh, think, I, I think Jalen Ramsey going full heel 
is, is an amazing thing, especially <laughs> because he, we haven't had, you know, a, a, I mean, Revis was kind of healy, but he was more monotone. He didn't speak up too much. The last big heel we had was Richard Sherman oh, during his prime just, years. He's, he's annoying, though. He's just yeah. annoying. You know, this, yeah. was, this was entertaining to read, I thought. Well, well, this was kind of like Shannon Sharp said it best. It's like a lot of people are kind of abrasive about this because you they say that you want your, your NFL athletes, your athletes in general, to be you know brash, outspoken. They want to be cocky, confident until they're brash, outspoken, cocky, and confident. And to me, this it didn't come across as, as Jalen Ramsey cutting a pro wrestling promo. This was like 100% legit as in, no, Matt Ryan sucks, Josh Allen's trash. <laughs> no, uh, and you know, the thing is, it's for GQ, so it's like, hey, come here, dress as classy as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Drink this champagne during your interview <laughs> and talk as much shit as possible. Oh, and he's yeah. Like, and honestly, dude, outside of the Super Bowl, you know, what is Joe? I was – my hope for the Ravens after this draft is that they would trade up and draft, you know, Baker Mayfield. Or they would trade yeah. up last year and draft Deshaun Watson. They didn't do either of those things. They rode Flacco. Now they have Lamar Jackson. So we'll yeah. see how long they wait until he starts. But Joe Flacco is regressing in the worst $120 million way possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I just feel like you know the story, the verdict's out. There's no more Jacoby Jones to bail you out in the Super Bowl. I realize he didn't throw any interceptions in their touchdown or their Super Bowl sure. run, um, but the, the Cinderella story's over. And I'm so glad that Jalen Ramsey, you know, the classy Duval County product here, of course, is here to tell us. I mean, uh, what, well, what do you think about his uh, his his um, his comments about Aaron Rodgers? And Tom Brady, that Aaron Rodgers is pretty good, and Tom Brady doesn't suck. How do you feel about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like arguably the two greatest QBs in the game right now. Oh, I and mean, possibly it, all time, right? Well, it's it's not necessarily what he said about them, more so that it's like he lumped in with that by also saying Deshaun Watson will be the league MVP in a couple of years. So it's kind of like, are you holding them in the same breath as Deshaun Watson? Because you're saying Aaron Rodgers oh, is pretty good, good and Tom Brady ain't bad, but Deshaun Watson's going to be the shit in a couple of years. Whereas the other QBs, he's going, Josh Allen, trash. Matt Ryan, overrated. Ben, ben Roethlisberger, you're decent at best. So it's kind of like, well, all right, I man. So uh, Big Ben, man, he, uh, I got to say, that guy, he gets injured every year. And oh, yeah. he has like a knee scope mid-season and then comes back two games later and i'm like dude this guy's crazy this yeah. guy's insane I and mean, he's just like risking his body out there but so and deshaun watson i wouldn't say that he is not a him aaron Rodgers, and tom brady are all great mvp candidates because they elevate the game of everybody around them sure well i mean that you're also i mean to say that about deshaun watson though i understand what he did last year before his acl injury but it's also that is such a small sample and i know at you know, when he played in college, he did the same thing around him, and there's a reason why he beat Alabama for a national championship. But in the same regards, it's just I, I need to see it consistently in order to see that he's going to be an MVP in a couple of years. Uh, just because last year he was just, I mean, it was just downfield and aerial assault. So it's that's great that he can he can locate and throw the deep ball and all that stuff. But I want to see how he rebounds, especially and prove that he can do that consistently, let alone consistently after a jarring injury like the ACL. To right. His, yeah. Uh, I guess you can't, you can't take a, a rookie and give them a five game sample and just say, Hey, he's going to be MVP. So then what do you think about, okay. If you're an owner, you're an NFL owner, say you're uh Shad Khan or whatever that guy with the mustache, that owns the mustache, yes. the mustache, the, the stadium with a pool in it. If you own that stadium um, and you hear your star cornerback say, we don't let our quarterback, our starting quarterback, play against first-team defense because we don't want to hurt his confidence. That's what he said. He said that the first-team offense only goes against the twos in practice. Mm -hmm. So as a, 
as an owner, do you want people to hear that? And as a owner of another team, are you excited to hear that Blake Bortles doesn't play against the best defense in the NFL week in and week out, and he doesn't improve? I mean, I, what do you I think, think it's that? the answer is yes to both questions. Yes, I don't like the fact that I mean, who knows if it's true or not? That could just be like how you know the WWE says The Rock is six seven, but he's not. He's like six four. So it, it and could, he doesn't you know, take steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, we call that uh, the uh, Mexican growth supplements. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't like hearing, or I would, if I'm an opposing defense, I would love to hear that or Blake Bortles is going up against the twos. But in the same, he regards, plays against I a like, scout team. He plays against a scout team every yeah, week. Yeah, but in the same, I don't know if that's true. But I also like the fact that he's that he has so much, you know, swagger about that uh, amongst that defense that. You're talking that thing up, and when you talk something up, people are going to want to listen. And when people want to listen, people want to come and actually see you do it. And so that's going to drive up ticket sales. That's going to make them a hot commodity because they're coming in, you know, with the legend of John Henry's hammer already with that defense. And so I, th- I love that he's talking up that defense. I do not love uh, that he's talking down Bortles, but in the same same aspect, who knows? It's like maybe he's just playing with everybody, and all of a sudden Bortles comes out and he proves that he's going to be. I don't even want to say it's a league MVP in a couple of years because it's probably not going to happen. Definitely not going to happen. But especially with the uh, the wider super core they have, it's going to be awesome. Um, well, but I, th- I think that um, – wait, who did you just say is going to be league MVP? No, no. I said – it was being – it was tongue-in-cheek. It was being uh, You said Blake Bortles. Okay. Yeah, that's right. correct. No, I agree. Yeah, Blake – yeah, of course. League MVP. So um, <laughs> I honestly think that it's cool – to, for him to talk up the defense and be aggressive and, hey, Joe Flacco sucks. I mean, he said fucking uh, – or he said, um, you know, the Bills, Josh Allen sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he they play – He's trash. Where they play the 25th of – is it, is it um, November? That sounds about right. 25th of November. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited to see that go down. Do you think that Josh Allen will be starting that game? Uh, I do. I do. Um, I also think that with what Jalen did, especially talking amongst every, not just star QBs, but every average QB, I think it's ingenious that he's, he's going to get under their skin. And hopefully the competitors that those average QBs are, are going to want to target Jalen because I think that's what he's aiming for. He wants them to throw him the ball because he's proven that he can take that thing away. Uh, so I think he, he's getting the, the attention of the league. Listen, uh, yeah, if I, if I had, you're right. If I, that's that's a bold strategy. If I had like Calais Campbell and uh, yeah. AJ Bouye on the other <laughs> side of me, like I would talk as much trash. Well, at that point, so, you, which, at that so in your opinion, which if um, would you be okay with this if it was Akib Talib in LA? Would you be okay if it was Marcus Peters? Would you be okay with this kind of conversation from GQ? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be bad. Like I wouldn't be mad at it if it was like uh. Shoot, I mean, if you want to say the Packers secondary last year, at that point, I'd be like, shut your mouth, they're going to come after us. But at this point, it's like you have guys that you're hiding behind. It's the equivalent if I was hiding behind Calais Campbell. I'm not saying Jalen Ramsey's hiding behind them, but I'm saying if I was hiding behind them and going, hey, Calais, hold me back while I talk shit to you. you know, so, you're, I mean, so then you're okay with Marcus Peters saying this exact, giving this exact same interview, standing behind Namda Kunsu and uh, Aaron Donald. You're, you're totally... No, I'm totally yeah. I'm I'm, I'm fine. With that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't say his name. It's, it's uh, Indomitian. It's Indomitian. No, it's like I, I'm totally fine with that. Indomitable Sue. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I like that better. I, I'm totally fine with that. 
Um, I'm, it's just, uh, man, it's, I think they have the talent on defense that even if they come after those guys, those guys are still premier players. They're, they want the ball thrown at them so they can take it away. This isn't a one. This isn't a, a farce or, 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 or faux promo. It, this is this them being absolutely like sincere about it. Um, so I would be fine with if Marcus Peters said it or whether you know Jalen Ramsey said it, just because I think that they both want the competition coming at them. Um, so that's going to be a kind of fun fun to watch. Uh, I want to kind of switch gears and just go into more of camp battles that are happening around the league. There's not too many battles happening between Boye and uh, Ramsey. It's just more of the uh, Ramsey Boye versus the second team offense. So going into <laughs> camp battles, watch uh, out, I want to talk. Henny. Watch out. Yeah, watch out, Chad Henney. Uh, I want to talk just a few. Tyrod, or no, sorry, Tyrod Taylor, the NFL, NFL.com has released a memo today that the pronunciation is Tarod Taylor, so I've been getting that wrong my entire life. Uh, Tarod Taylor versus Baker Mayfield. Even though Baker Mayfield went 11 for 20, 212 yards, two TDs, has yet to throw an interception in camp thus far. Had 13 yards rushing in the first game as well. Hugh Jackson keeps saying that that Tarod Taylor is starting the year and that this is Baker's redshirt year. Do you think Baker makes it onto the field starting at any point this year? So I think it's important to note that T-Rod, um, Tyrod, T-Rod <laughs> is, uh, is, is so underrated. And, I, and so I know yes. that um, Jalen Ramsey said that he was underrated and I agree. So T-Rod makes no mistakes. Usually he, the only thing is that he might be too Alex Smith, like, and his growth through sure. his Alex Smith phase is just taking longer than Alex Smith took. But I don't attribute that to him. I attribute that to him to having, you know, a weak surrounding cast. Um, mm-hmm. He had a great blanket in Charles Clay in Buffalo. And mm-hmm. when he had a good – the last time he had a really good surrounding cast was in the when he was a backup to Joe Flacco in Baltimore. But, I mean, he had Sammy Watkins, who was oft injured in Buffalo. He had mm-hmm. Charles Clay, and he had LaShawn McCoy. So he was like, hey, you run the ball, LaShawn, on first down. I'll run it on second down, and then we'll throw it on third down to Charles Clay. And that actually worked out well enough for them to make it to the playoffs. So, Correct, yeah. I mean, even then, he never really gets injured. He's a solid player. He got benched last year for God knows why for Nathan Peterman. I mean, how many interceptions does that guy throw? Five interceptions in one game? So, yeah. I mean, you kind of see how bad that offense is when T-Rod's Tyrod Tyrod is not playing in mm-hmm. it. And I think Baker's great from the limited amount of tape that we have from as a pro. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that right now we see where Tyrod goes because this is not like a Mike Glennon thing. This is not like a Mike Glennon-Mitchell Trubisky thing. I Correct. think that Baker Mayfield's a better, more complete, more accurate quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky's, you know, he's good too. He's going through his growing stages, and I think Baker will go through it a lot faster than Mitch did. But yes. I think Tyrod is he's mobile, he's accurate, and he's confident with the ball. Whereas I don't see those things from Mike Glennon. So I think that we let T Rod, Tyrod, 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 mm. sorry. I'm just calling um, him Trod. Yeah. Trod. We'll just call him TT. Um, so like that. yeah, so we'll just let him play it out until we see him struggle because he actually has a really strong wide receiver core around him and pass catchers. I mean, he's got David Njoku, he's got um, Jarvis Landry, and I know they just traded away Corey Coleman, but I think mm. Antonio is going to be pretty good. And I think that with Duke Johnson Jr. and Carlos Hyde, I mean, they're in a lot. He's in a lot better position right now than he was last year or any other point in his career. This is the best team he's ever played with, and I think we let him see how good he is. I agree, and especially with Josh Gordon potentially coming back hopefully soon. 
Um, and then obviously, I know Dez has left off or after his visit without a contract. So we'll see how that plays out. I think in Buffalo, it wasn't for lack of effort that he, that he didn't have a good supporting cast. I mean, a lot of people forget that Robert Woods was or was with him before he went off to uh, to L.A. in a trade. Um, as well as it's like they, they traded for Kelvin Benjamin later uh, in the year. I mean, and they, Mar- they, and they, then they had Marquise Goodwin. But you yeah. saw what happened when he had. So the thing about that, it also wasn't a creative. I mean, Greg Roman, I think, was was it Greg Roman running the offense over there? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think we see with Greg Roman, where we saw him with the Niners run to the Super Bowl, that he really depended heavily on uh, the pistol scheme um, and, you know, the run-pass options. So with Marquise Goodwin, we saw him take those a couple deep. I think he played against Richard Sherman two years ago where he – he saw and isolated that matchup and threw two touchdowns to him on, or not Richard Sherman, Darrell Revis, and mm-hmm. uh, Marquise Goodwin burned him deep. So I think if we let him open up a playbook and educate this quarterback, who could already be smart enough to run any other thing, uh, we just haven't seen it from him because we haven't trusted him with it. You know, Greg Correct. Roman runs a run-first offense. So if you make a running quarterback run the ball, you're not going to see stats jump off of a page for you. I Agreed. think this year we see his stats jump off the page if we let him play and let him evolve and flourish in this offense. He's got, like you I, said, I forgot about Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon's huge and awesome. I mean, he's going to be great. And uh, yeah. we'll see. No, I think, I think oh, in Buffalo, like you said, it was a run-first offense. There was a lot of RPOs built into it. And like you said, you, you're not going to be able to see a lot of – wowing pass like uh, uh, passing stats if you're doing an RPOs you know primarily with LaShawn um, I think that he did have like I said he, he had the Robert Woods he had Kel- or Kelvin Benjamin he had uh, he, I think he had uh, Matthews at one point if they traded him for with Philly who for hasn't, him who hasn't had yeah who, who who's been bouncing around he got cut by the Patriots already after signing with a hamstring tear uh, so he had guys <laughs> around him but it, it wasn't ever on on a consistent level and like you said the, the, the play calls are more so coinciding with the fact that they are a run first team so if Hugh Jackson does lead an aerial assault it's going to be awesome especially if you have the full force of Josh Gordon you have Juice Landry if Des ends up signing who knows do you think, uh, do, you think you have, do you think Des fits there uh, I don't. I think Des fits there as well as he fits anywhere else, man. I, th- oh. I think that with what they what they're looking to do with having hopefully maximizing Tyrod's skill set, because like you said, up in there or up in Buffalo, it was a run first, but he was a highly efficient but safe quarterback. He didn't have he, he wasn't you know he, there wasn't anything too flashy about him. He made he was a very calculated quarterback. But if Des, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I mean, Des so doesn't jo- fit Josh there. Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry, don't you think? I think that's enough juice. Oh, I, I did too. I, did. I, th- I think it's yeah. I think it's not just enough juice. I think it's enough personalities. Uh, oh to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like I think does does Des fit there? Absolutely, as a professional, does Des fit there personally? I personality was I, I don't know. I don't know. I think they already have a lot of strong. Uh, I'm the number one kind of guys, and I don't think you need another that in your actual locker room. Well, um, so that, with as impressive yeah. as Tyrod has been, I would say that last night I watched one of the more impressive preseason performances, and it was from someone you probably wouldn't expect, and I would say, unless you know already, Teddy B put it down oh, last yeah. night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, Teddy B. I mean, he. I think he had one, what, one touchdown, one interception. Oh, the interception wasn't a terrible one. Um, but, man, he... I th- a lot of people were saying that how the Giants, it kind of made sense if they would have traded for Teddy B at the time of the draft, just because that eventual successor makes sense, especially with Pat Shermer, a guy who he has a lot of uh, a lot of experience with up in Minnesota. But Teddy B looked awesome. All two two gloves, Teddy. He looked awesome. So I'm really excited to see Darnold. 
coming in with the fanfare of everything going on in training camp didn't look great, man. He, well, he, he did looked not great. Look great. He looked really good in week one where he threw what yes. I thought were some pro passes. Correct. And Teddy B, obviously, coming out of Louisville, was knocked um, for his arm strength. And we saw in Minnesota, yes. he can throw a little bit of a deep ball. But yesterday, he threw some passes off his back foot that I thought were very impressive. Yeah. Um, from like 20 yards back that were just really nice. I and mean, we have not seen anything from Josh McCown yet. But Agreed. we all know Josh McCown is not going to be the future of this franchise. He's probably on his last one or two years in the NFL. Sure. Uh, when he did play last year, he was impressive. But, man, mm. when he got injured, man, I felt bad for him. Like, that dude is almost twice my age out there <laughs> yeah. playing football with little kids <laughs> that should be in bed before supper, you know? So I think that we're going to see Teddy Beard Donald start this year. I don't uh. think Josh McCown plays 16 games. If Right now, who do you think is better and ready to go? If Josh McCown goes down, if Josh McCown goes down, I think Teddy B's more ready to go. I think he's finally a few years removed from the uh, the shock of his terrible knee injury uh, that he sustained in practice in Minnesota. I, I think Teddy B's. I, I mean, it's hands down. I think he's more ready. And I've always been more of the type to want to sit my high draft pick quarterbacks just so one their mentality doesn't get crushed, a la Blake Bortles versus the first string defense for the Jaguars. <laughs> um, but I just I would much rather Donald just kind of sit, learn, have him go out during the preseason, make plays like he did in Week One last. Like last night, he kind of regressed a little bit, but it wasn't it, it wasn't bad. But you got to have them take their lumps, but also just learn from savvy vets like McCown, like Teddy. And I think Teddy, if McCown ends up going down, if he's the full, you know, the full sure, surefire starter, I think Teddy B steps in. I think that's, that's the ultimate, or one of them becomes trade bait. Who knows? Oh, well, I don't know if anyone would trade for Josh McCown, but no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. But Teddy B, I think that he, he's conservative too. He's actually a lot like Tyrod Taylor. I would say just less athletic. Um, sure. Command of Louisville. He didn't have a ton of knocks minus his arm strength and his speed. But, yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think Teddy B ends up taking over that role. I think Teddy B starts as soon as Josh McCown strains his hamstring or pulls a finger or farts or something too loud. I think yeah, probably. immediately it's Teddy B's offense. He just looked so good last night, and I think mm-hmm. I can trust him easily. And, you know, he didn't get a lot of help from some of his pass catchers, and I, I think that he could have had a, a lot better preseason game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I wanted to get more into a few other ones like Chris Carson versus Rashad Penny, but Penny going down with his uh, his little baby finger surgery. Uh, I know they say it's not it's not imperative, but they said if it was game time, he could possibly still play, but I yeah, severely I mean, doubt on, that. Man. I and severely you, doubt you that. You carry a rock. Yeah, yeah, that's your job. <laughs> you know, it's like your job is to hold that thing with what? Your fingers. So I, I don't <laughs> buy that at all. So I think, you know, a lot of the talk with Chris Carson through camp is he's the bell cow. He's going to do all that stuff. Penny's going to be the change of pace guy. And eventually, if he succeeds him, then yeah, sure. Um, but I think Chris Carson's a guy. So I don't think there's too much competition there. Jarek McKinnon, uh, obviously, is being withheld until the regular season. Potentially more harmful than they're letting on. Uh, who do you think seizes the lion's share for the uh, the time being at, at RB1? Well, man, I would really like to say Matt Breida, but, you know, he obviously has some injury issues as well. Yeah. So I think that Alfred Morris signing is humongous. I think Absolutely. That they roll with him. I mean, he's so familiar with Kyle Shanahan's offense. The difference, mm-hmm. though, between his year, his rookie year with Kyle Shanahan's offensive coordinator in uh, Washington and now is that Robert Griffin III was a mobile quarterback. He actually opened lanes for his mm-hmm. running back. And Jalen, uh, sorry, Alfred Morris, while he rushed for 1,600 yards that season, that's, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, it's I nuts. don't think he's going to be able to do that with the Niners' offensive line being like still kind of growing, going through some growth spurts. Sure. I don't think that um, he'll have a, as heavy of a box as they did in in, uh, in Washington. Mm-hmm. But I think that he'll be able to plug and play. I think signing him 
uh, kind of agrees with what you just said. Of he's they're a little bit more banged up at running back than they're letting everybody know. Yeah, uh, Jimmy G, while he dates porn stars, is not a fast guy. You know, no, he's, no. <laughs> he's not running. He's not a four, five, four, six, four, seven, maybe like a four or seven guy. You know. Yeah. So I think Alfred Morris, he did actually really well in Dallas, and I think mm. he ends up taking the lion's share of those carries here for at least the foreseeable future until Jarek McKinnon, their $7.5 million a year back, gets fully healthy. Yeah, and no, I agree. I think with Alfred Morris's familiarity with uh, with Shanahan's offense, especially being in Washington all those years, I think that he's, he's proven that he can be a bell cow. He can tote the rock. He didn't get – I know when Zeke went down, or when Zeke was held out, rather um, – he he did a, f- a phenomenal job for the for the time being in Dallas, and he was a consummate pro. He you know carried the ball when his number was called, and he, he produced. He produced. And he doesn't. That's he doesn't. He doesn't really fumble. No. Um, he had a, h- a couple hundred yard rushing games when Zeke was down. Correct. And I think he's. I think he's gonna be great. Yeah, and, and he had a few really big yard plays too um, while he was actually doing that too. So I think he's gonna be great. I think like you said, he'll get the more of the lion's share. Uh, speaking of training camp battles, this is more of a training camp fisticuff matchup. DeAndre Hopkins versus Jimmy Ward. The uh, the video's kind of been everywhere. My question is, I don't think this is more so a, a who who won it battle. I think Jimmy Ward won it pretty handily or handedly. From a macho perspective to you, does this does this knock down DeAndre Hopkins' draft value to you in fantasy, the fact that he got clocked? Uh, listen, I mean, we're <laughs> towards the end. Of, we're almost the end. <laughs> I don't know. He's an amazing athlete. But to oh, take sure. For, if you have no helmet on and you're making swings, yes. like wild swings at other players, I mean, you got to really question where your sanity is. I mean, we're at the end of training camp. Everything's getting pretty tense. People have been going at it. You're you know, hypoglycemic and it's hot. And you're just going, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I love to see shit like this. I mean, the Jarvis Landry, Terrence Mitchell one, I thought was more appropriate because he just demands – Jarvis Landry is demanding his players. He says their practice effort sucks, you know? Oh, yeah. But you see here this Jimmy – that Jimmy Hopkins – Jimmy Ward and DeAndre Hopkins fight. That's not about practice. That's – that practice is going hard. They're full on – Yeah, no. I think for – not only did he did Jimmy Ward definitely win win the was that was that a face mask did he face mask DeAndre Hopkins yeah yeah he did he, uh, the helmet uh. the helmet came off but in the same same aspect man you kind of want to do what Richard Sherman did after the brawl ensued where Richard Sherman's in the far left corner of the frame and if you watch it Richard Sherman puts his helmet on before he runs into battle and it's because so he sees all all these you know fists start flying everybody starts grabbing everybody everybody starts falling to the ground Richard Sherman goes to back his teammate up, but Richard Sherman also puts on his damn helmet before he goes in because for, for DeAndre Hopkins to not only have that happen, but then look at Jimmy Ward and approach him and actually engage the first strike after that with your helmet off against a guy who has a helmet, just not smart. Just well, not smart. you know, and then my other thing is I know that the social media gets you in trouble, but I did not like how Marquise Goodwin posted a picture of him and DeAndre Hopkins after the fight on his Instagram. I was like, dude, you have to pull your teammates. This is this is what your locker room is. Jimmy Ward, yeah. is, and he's going to be like your number one nickel corner next year. He's locking sure. up DeAndre Hopkins, like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Show him some support. Give him some love. No, I agree. I agree. So that pretty much concludes our training camp battles, both on the field and then on the field. Uh, that pretty much also concludes this episode of Dudes Talk Sports. You can find us on Twitter at Dudes Talk Sports, Instagram at Dudes underscore Talk Sports, and then you can go to our websites, Dudes Dash talk-sports.com that's what happens when you have the left brain of the podcast make all the handles and urls he uh, comes up with something different say thank you chad for that i appreciate <laughs> yeah, that what was it whatever was available 
Yeah, whatever was available, it seems to be our motto. We'll find a way to get it done. Uh, also, we have uh, I have a side thing where I talk about the Packers. It's called Packers Select. You can find me at every single social media aspect at Packers Select. Uh, th- we want to thank you guys again for listening. We're on iTunes. We're on, we're on pretty much everything. See ya.